This is News Fire, where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. G'day, fighters. Welcome to episode 123 of News Fighters for May 2023. News Fighters, chase the vibe. I'm Dylan Bain. You might know me from Irrational Fear as being the onstage Hobbit DJ guy and occasional wacky clips merchant. And I'm here with the biggest news story of the week. It's budget night and we'll see something we haven't in 15 years. Yes, that's right. For the first time in 15 years, is it Michael Jackson back from the dead and live in concert? Or is it Kevin Rudd, not a laughing stock? Or perhaps it's a livable apartment in Sydney for under $600,000. No, of course, they were talking about... The first budget surplus... In 15 years. Tonight's federal budget forecasting a surplus of $4 billion. Jim Chalmers is tonight unveiling a slender surplus that's eluded five treasurers before him. Yes, take that, Joe Hockey. And weren't the coalition happy to see Labor finally get a surplus? Do you give the government some credit for getting to surplus, though, the first one in 15 years? I think a driver's dog could have got to a surplus here. A driver's dog could deliver a budget surplus this year. The fact of the matter is a driver's dog could have delivered this surplus. That's why I've said many times a driver's dog could have delivered the short-term budget surplus. Yes, Shadow Treasurer Angus Taylor there basically saying Josh Frydenberg, Scott Morrison and Joe Hockey did a worse job than a literal dog. Come on, Angus. I never saw a drover's dog smoke a cigar at the same time as they were putting up GP co-payments. Yes, and given it's the first surplus in 15 years, you'd think Jim Chalmers would be happy to do a bit of boasting about it. This is a forecast for a surplus this year. Uh, There are always good reasons to be cautious. You've delivered a surplus. Is the monkey finally off (laughs) labour's back? Oh, look, we forecast a surplus uh, and we'll know for sure in a couple of months. What are you doing, Chalmers? You're a politician. Where's the arrogance? You're meant to be claiming a massive win for something that hasn't even happened yet, like your predecessors did. Well, Australia is back in the black. We will achieve a surplus in our first year in office and we'll achieve a surplus for every year of the first term. Because we've brought our budget back to surplus, where the party and the government that has done that. And that's why I think Australians can trust us to keep Sorry, it in surplus. It's, but not, to, it's not in surplus now. I said next year. That's what I said. And we won't know that until That's what I said. I said we brought the budget back to surplus next year. And. <laughs> so, where has this surprise surplus come from? Well, National Senator and Cole cosplayer Matt Canavan has one unsurprising theory. I brought in the surplus here to, today, uh, Carl. This oh. is the surplus. This is your surplus. It's a big piece of coal from central Queensland. And I've got the budget surplus right here uh, in my hand. It is all on the back of the coal industry. Really? Are you guys still waving a lump of coal around in Parliament? Ha- haven't you learned anything from your election losing meme stakes? This is coal. Don't be afraid. The Don't treasure. be scared. And yes, it's true. Part of the surplus was a result of a huge windfall coming from higher commodity prices. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry, what? What caused that again? It's shown that Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine is actually serving Treasury coffers in Australia very, very well. Yes, that's right. The Australian government has Russian war criminal and human rights violator Vladimir Putin to thank for its first budget surplus in 15 years. Wow, that's going to be an awkward thank you card. Dear Vlad, we all know you're an evil dictator and we hate you, but can you please keep this war going until after the next election? Love and kisses... Jim Chalmers and Anthony Albanese. 
But it's not just commodity prices, there is another big reason for this surplus. The projected $4.2 billion surplus isn't from mining alone, but mostly a flood of income tax from more Australians in work and more people working as more people paying tax. Wow, so it turns out that keeping the unemployment an arbitrary 5% was not only unnecessarily keeping thousands of Aussies in poverty and misery, but was also bad for Australia's budget bottom line? Who knew? Maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. Anyways, while out spruiking this budget, uh, there were two main themes from Labor. Uh, see if you can spot the first one here. This is a responsible budget. This is a responsible budget. This will be a responsible budget. This is a responsible budget. Oh, look, it's a responsible budget. Yes, that's right. The big spending Labor Party is trying to use this budget to rebrand itself as being economically responsible. Here's Labor Finance Minister Katie Gallagher. We're not going to just go around throwing money out the door. Yeah, that's right. They're not just throwing money out the door. Two hundred and. $40 million for a new sports stadium in Tasmania. $9 billion for Orca submarines. For the 2032 Olympics, an initial $3.4 billion. $20 million to improve Australia's regional dirt. Yes, that's right. $20 million for regional dirt. Now, look, we've all had the coffee outside the capital cities, but there's no need to be rude about how bad it is. <laughs> yes, and despite billions going to submarine stadiums and... Dirt. Labor had another big pitch line this budget. See if you can spot it. This is a responsible budget, which helps people doing it tough. This will be a responsible budget for Australians doing it tough. Now we recognise that people are doing it tough. Helping people who are doing it tough. And we want to support people who are doing it especially tough. Yeah, so no one's doing it tougher than stadiumless Tasmanian AFL players, am I right? Seriously, though, there was also some help for people on welfare doing it tough, but not much. The government will raise JobSeeker, you allowance and Ausstudy payments by $40 a fortnight across the board, costing $4.9 billion over five years. The Morrison government actually gave them an extra $50 a fortnight. You've decided to give them an extra $40 a fortnight, about or just under $3 a day. We understand that there will be people who are saying $40 a fortnight is not enough. There'll be some who'll be saying it's too much. I'm sorry, what? Who is saying that's too much outside of maybe like a, a grizzled 1930s Depression-era Yorkshireman? Ooh, that's luxury, that is. That's luxury. Two bob 85 increase in the dough. That's luxury. Back in my day, increase of dough was piece of string. And you were lucky. Unsurprisingly, the Greens' Adam Bant was livid. Labor's budget is a betrayal of renters, job seekers, and people doing it tough. Job seekers will remain in poverty and get an extra $2.85 a day that won't even buy you a loaf of bread. And look, Bant's right. It won't cover a loaf of bread. At my local supermarket, a loaf of bread just went up to $4.90. But just as an aside, uh, who the hell is buying a loaf of bread per day? If your entire diet is a loaf of bread per day, maybe it's time to cut down on the carbs a little bit. That's not even an acceptable diet for a family of ducks. In fact, the increase was so small, Anthony Albanese was shocked when Dutton wouldn't support such a tiny increase. Peter Dutton uh, can't even say whether he'll support a... $40 a fortnight increase in job seeker. Anna Henderson from SBS tried to nail Anthony Albanese over how small this increase was. What would the young boy from Marrickville with a single mum think about a $3 a day increase for people living in poverty? Uh, the young boy from Marrickville would have said that this is a budget that looks after people. That makes a positive difference. Oh, come on, Anna. We all know what a young elbow would say. He'd say, 
I'm running down to the Weston's Biscuit Factory to eat 35 free disfigured wagon wheels and set a world record. True story. He literally claimed this month that he has the world record in eating wagon wheels. And $30 to whoever can find me the clip. Because trust me, I spent hours searching. I can give you the dates of the press conferences and everything. Thankfully, Labor hasn't stopped at just a minuscule job seeker increase. They also did something a bit more meaningful. Extending the single parenting payment cutoff from the time the youngest child is 8 to 14, giving single parents, overwhelmingly mothers, an extra $177 a fortnight for six more years, overturning what he admits was a bad decision by the Gillard government he was part of. Yes, good to see Labor finally cleaning up some of the mess that Labor left behind. And lifting single mums and kids out of poverty at the same time as lowering the unemployment rate to make themselves look like better economic managers. What a coincidence! There's also more relief for, uh, who was it again? People doing it tough. Like energy bill relief. Five million Australian households and one million businesses will receive up to $500 in power relief in the budget, but the figure will differ state to state. That will be funded in part by an increase on tax paid by offshore gas projects. Yes, that's right. Over five million households are going to get help with their power bills, or according to Channel 10, five and a half low income households will receive energy bill support. Yes, five and a half households. We all know the half a household is your divorced mate, Jim. Sorry, Jim, condolences. Hope you can stitch it back together with the missus. And if Jim's half a household is particularly drafty and cold these days, well, there could be some help on the way to fix that too. Through this budget, we are investing a billion dollars to help provide low-cost loans for double glazing and solar panels and other improvements that will make homes easier and cheaper to keep cool in summer and warm in winter. It's funny how there's no mention of insulation or pink bats there. wonder why that is. And being a Labor budget, there was also more money promised for renewable energy. Kind of. $2 billion to invest in a program that will support large-scale hydrogen projects. We have a $2 billion fund uh, in this budget, a new announcement for hydrogen. Yes, $2 billion for hydrogen. You know, the clean coal of the 2020s. This announcement uh, definitely had its critics, like Anna Henderson at SBS again. But the Energy Minister has rejected suggestions on the nation's wealthiest citizens, Andrew Forrest, a leading investor in the emerging technology, will be the biggest winner of the program. He'll need to compete with everyone else uh, to get government support for his projects. Oh, come on, Anna. What makes you think this was just an announcement to keep billionaire mining magnate Andrew Twiggy Forrest happy? I mean, it's not like he ever talks about hydrogen much these days. The solution is hydrogen. Hydrogen of green hydrogen. Green hydrogen. Hydrogen will never run out of it. Yeah, this does seem a bit like if the government announced, say, $2 billion for Wacky Clip Podcast peanut butter toast and bringing the jam band fish to Australia and then denied it was just to make me, Dylan Bain, happy. Of course it clearly is. These things are my entire personality. Now, in terms of healthcare and the caring industries, this budget did provide a much-needed wage rise for aged care nurses, uh, more subsidies for childcare, which will ultimately go to shareholders and drive prices up, and a huge one, more incentives for GPs to bulk bill. And tonight, Mr Speaker, I am proud to announce, as a centrepiece of this budget, our Labor government will triple the bulk billing incentive. Under the $3.5 billion plan, city-based GPs who now bulk bill children, concession card holders or pensioners will see their incentive payment triple from $6 to $20. 
GP Medicare rebates are also increasing. For a standard consultation, it will rise from $39 to $41, taking the total reimbursement to $62. And thank God, hopefully with this big funding boost, everyone in the country will be able to see a GP for free again. Right? Right, right, guys? GPs say the Medicare rebate now only covers about 40% of a consultation, so tripling the bulk billing incentive may still not be enough of a financial encouragement to convince those doctors not bulk billing to reconsider. But while medicines and hopefully doctors' visits are going to be getting cheaper for Aussies, some things are going to be getting more expensive. Next week's budget will include a big tax hike on tobacco, up 15% over three years. In one of the biggest health reforms in a decade, the federal government will ban recreational vaping. Beer drinkers will soon be forking out more than $15 a pint, with taxes on a frothy about to soar in line with inflation. And it'll soon cost more to leave the country, an extra $10 every time you go overseas. Ah, oh, here we go, Labor attacking the Australian way of life again. Is there no greater Aussie pastime than having a sneaky 6am corona and a vape or a durry at the airport on your way to Bali? I mean, what's next? Labor's going to tax, you know, blasting your Bluetooth speaker on the train or yelling the C word at your friends. Come on, Labor, stop attacking the Australian way of life. Another big revenue-raising measure in this budget, which was flagged all the way back in February, is Labor raising the tax rate on super rich people's super. Rich super balances. Tonight, confirmation earnings from superannuation accounts with more than $3 million will be taxed at 30%, doubling the current rate of 15%, impacting an estimated 80,000 Australians and adding $2 billion to the budget bottom line. The idea uh, that ordinary working people subsidise incredibly generous Uh, tax breaks for people with millions and millions of dollars in superannuation doesn't stack up. Yeah, and if you're wondering what the background noise was in that last clip, it was the wambulance coming for Shadow Treasurer Angus Taylor over on Sunrise. This is Australians' money. Uh, It's their money, not the government's money. This is Australians' money. It's not the government's money to play with. It's a big deal if the government's coming after your money. It's Australians' money. Well, not mine again, because most of us don't have millions of dollars, but it will be coming after some people's money, yes. They're talking about taxing your super more, and they're talking well, not about mine, spending that got super two million, on pet projects. So maybe well, yours. Yeah, Sunrise host Natalie Barr there, clearly showing she doesn't have $2 million in her super account. Her co-host Koshi, however, I'm not so sure about, as he seemed a little bit pissed off by this policy. What they don't understand is that we just don't trust them. You know, they've fiddled with our super before, they're doing it again. Well, 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 maybe Koshi is a Bitcoin billionaire like all the Facebook ads claim after all. <laughs> just kidding, don't sue me. Anyways, it's probably no surprise that with this budget's core focus on supporting vulnerable welfare recipients... Doing it tough. ...the opposition hated it. I think a lot of Australians were really expecting some support out of the budget and there's been very little. We don't want to see a budget that divides between those who get a handout and those who pay for it. Unlike Labor, which shows favouritism to the few, we will govern for all Australians. Quite frankly, unless you're under 16, unless you have a child, unless you're on welfare, there really isn't all that much in this budget for ordinary Australians. Yes, that's right. Jane Hume there in sense that this budget kids, parents and poor people got support. Meanwhile, Barnaby Joyce actually let slip 
who the coalition would rather support. Barnaby, if you were in charge, uh, what would you do right now with the budget? Well, I think you'd make sure you looked after the resource sector. Yes, yes, yes. The coalition in a nutshell. Why give money to poor people when multinational mining companies deserve it more? The most depressing thing about the coalition's attitude of envy towards the poorest in our society is that after decades of middle-class handouts and neoliberal rule... Now everyday Aussies are starting to share that attitude. What have you liked to see the federal government do in the budget last night? Well, give um, the working person, the people who support this country, the middle income workers, more relief. Helping the, uh, the uh, welfare recipients, well, how about helping the people that are actually working? The government's not listening, they're, they're not caring, they don't care. And this budget proves that they don't care. If you work, we're just going to slog you harder. If you're on Centrelink, sure, it goes far enough. But we don't qualify for Centrelink. The middle class don't qualify. Mm. Um, There's talks that the middle class are the new kind of poor now. I mean, undoubtedly, renters and mortgage holders are struggling more than they used to. But I wouldn't say the middle class is the new poor. I would say the middle class is the new rich. I mean, housing is basically the hot new luxury item these days. My Instagram feed now is just full of my smug rich friends drinking cocktails on their couch. Hashtag blessed. And speaking of the housing crisis, it's got so bad that for the first time ever, the coalition is even mentioning it. In the current climate where you have a housing crisis, where you have a rental crisis. A housing and rental crisis. The housing crisis. In the middle of a housing crisis and you're in the middle of a rental crisis. In the middle of a housing crisis. A rental crisis. I mean, you, you carry stories every other day about families who mm. can't find rental accommodation, uh, you can't buy a house at an auction. It's tough. Now, is it just me or does Peter Dutton claiming to be angry over the housing crisis when it's his party that caused it come across as a little bit hypocritical? In fact, it reminds me of the uh, hot dog suit wearing Tim Robinson character who crashed his hot dog car in that Netflix show. We're all trying to find the guy who did this. Peter Dutton's like, yeah, as soon as we find the party who introduced the capital gains discount and stagnated wages for the last decade, we're going to give them a spanking. As expected, Peter Dutton's budget reply speech wasn't full of unreserved support for those doing it tough in our society right now. No, no, no. It was a big sookie whinge about how evil taxes are holding back aspirational people from reaching their dreams. Like, you know, travelling on holidays. And we know that taxation is the killer of aspiration. The more you keep from what you earn, the less you're dependent on the state. And the more freedom and choice you have to realise your aspirations. And it might be studying, it might be travelling. Ah yes, finally the real underclass is exposed. Travellers. Just think what that $2.80 a day could buy self-funded retirees on a river cruise in Europe. You know, the real Aussie battlers. Anyway, for all of Peter Dutton and the Coalition's whinging about this budget being unfair towards middle Australia, sure sounds like they're going to support a lot of it. Declaring his party will support several of the government's cost of living measures, including up to $500 in energy bill relief for low-income households, extra bulk billing incentives for GPs, extending the single parenting payment and increasing Commonwealth rent assistance. We will support good policy and stand against bad policy. Pete, you banged on and on about the budget being inflationary. Then you said yes to everything. It can't be that bad. (laughs) So in conclusion, Labor aimed for a Goldilocks budget here. One not so hot that it overheats the economy and fans inflation and one not so cold that it leaves desperate people out in the cold. But at the end of the day, the entire budget felt almost exactly like lukewarm porridge. We all know what's good for us. 
but it's not very tasty and we'd rather be eating the bacon and eggs. Look, Labor might have Bradbury to surplus, but we all know next year they're going to have to convert it into some pretty sweet middle-class vote-buying sweeteners, and I mean bigger than a loaf of bread. Because otherwise, at the next election, it could be Labor who's... Doing it tough. Alrighty, everyone, that's News Fighters for the month of May. Thanks for listening to this marathon episode. As always, News Fighters is recorded on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and I pay respects to their leaders, past, present, and emerging. We need a treaty. News Fighters is written and produced and edited by me, Dylan Bain, for Irrational Fear. You can follow me on Twitter at Dialabolical or email me at Dylan at Newsfighters.com. Or you can follow the show on Twitter at NewsfightersPod and also on Instagram at NewsfightersPod. Remember, new episodes of Newsfighters are now on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. Subscribe at irrationalfear.com and please chip in and support the show at patreon.com slash Irrational Fear. To listen to old episodes like our last seven budget episodes, jump on the Newsfighters feed on your podcasting app for old episodes, or you can find them on YouTube at youtube.com slash newsfighters. If you hate social media but still want to keep up with the show, then I've got my own little newsletter at newsfighters.com. As always, all these links are in the show notes. That's it for Budget Month. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Dan for having me. Keep fighting and bye for now. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. And you were lucky.